0: <laughs> to see you, you know what's great about it? a face mask is when you get emotional because you're so happy to be with people, you just lift it up and do this because then you can, it's just like a Kleenex as well, it works out. All right, I'm so happy that y'all are here. I I'm so happy. All right, so tonight. Tonight, we are going to be in Acts chapter 2. If you brought your Bibles, if you didn't, that's fine. It's going to be up here. Um, But we're in Acts chapter 2 tonight. Um, First, though, I want to go way back to Genesis chapter 11. Because it's Genesis 11, we see the people that God created deciding that they want success. We see the people that God created um, deciding that they want to make a name for themselves, Scripture says. And so they decide to build a city and a tower. And this happens at a place um, that we know as Babel. So at this point in history, all of the people of the world in Genesis 11, they speak the same language. Um, However, in response, to the people getting a little too big for the britches, Um, God decides to confuse them. So he goes down, and he mixes up their languages. They were speaking one, and now they're speaking a lot. So I want you to imagine that you're a bricklayer laying bricks, For the tower, and you're hanging out with your buddy, and they start talking Swahili, but you don't know Swahili, so it just sounds like a bunch of jibber-dabber or babble, (laughs) you could say, right? And so, you don't know. What is happening? What is happening? I, I imagine it to be like when we are adults trying to get into groups. All the ones, come over here. All the... If you understand what I'm saying, come to me. You know, okay, you get it. So you have all of these crowds of people, and they're suddenly speaking different languages, and they go, okay, um, well, I guess you all are my people now. Let's go live over there. And then these people go live over there. And scripture says in Genesis 11, From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the earth. So at this point in history, the world became geographically and relationally divided. And unfortunately, as time went on, as we go through the history of Scripture, it seems that it kept getting worse. We see all throughout scripture that people in the world started creating even more divisions. So even people that spoke the same language were divided. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Imagine it. A perfect example of this is a story that we see in Luke chapter 10. Jesus tells this story about a man that is beaten and he's left for dead on the outskirts of Jericho, Jerusalem, somewhere geographically. Okay. And we don't know much about what kind of man he is. We know two things we know that he is human, and we know that he is suffering. That's what we know about this man. And so we see this other man come along a religious man, and he crosses to the other side of the road and keeps walking. Then you see a second man, and he sees this human suffering, and he does the same thing. He crosses to the other side of the road, and then we see a Samaritan, which in that day and age was like, ew, okay? Samaritans spoke the same language. As the, the Jewish people, same language, yet divided, completely ostracized from the community. And Jesus praises this particular man because he goes against the grain of the division. And that Samaritan does what all humans are called to do, which is that he doesn't allow the division to get in the way of his care for a human that is suffering. Now, I don't think some of the crowd was too keen on that. They didn't like that too much when Jesus told it, but he did have quite a point. So, we see since the Tower of Babel, and really um, since Genesis 3, from the fall in many ways, um, we see that we have lived in a world divided. And it doesn't seem to be getting better. So what are you going to do, God? What are you going to do? How are you going to fix and gather back together this mess? So our scripture for today is Acts chapter 2 verse 1 through 12, Um, if you will direct your eyes to the screen, we're going to read it together because I want you to get comfortable in your face masks. (laughs) So we're going to read this together today. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Yeah, keep reading. Suddenly it sounded like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled Whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, Both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? This is the word of the Lord thanks be to God. I wanted you to feel like you were speaking a different language. Anyone feel like you were, you had no idea what you were saying and the, the geographical places, just didn't have a clue. That was your object lesson. It was perfect, just as it should have been. So Pentecost. Pentecost was a Jewish celebration that happened every year. Um, Fifty days after Passover, they would have Pentecost, and Pentecost means festival of the first harvest. It was one of three major annual Jewish festivals, and Jews from all over would travel, would make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem for this event. So you had Jews that decades earlier, hundreds of years earlier, had been dispersed, to all kinds of nations. And you had Jewish converts, people in those nations, who decided they wanted to follow the Jewish faith. You had all of these people all over the world, and they would make their way back to Jerusalem. All kinds of languages. You can imagine what a, a totally diverse international audience this was. So as we read in Acts 1, at this time after Jesus had ascended into heaven, post-resurrection, Jesus had left about 120-ish disciples. And they were meeting together in prayer. And all of these believers' primary language was the same. They all spoke Aramaic, which is a, a type of Hebrew. And most of them probably spoke Greek. That was it. So how was the message of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the whole world, how was that message supposed to get to anybody else? With a world divided by so many languages, how is this huge wall, this huge language barrier going to be broken down? Well, by the God that put it there in the first place. So this great, loud wind comes, and Jesus speaks actually of the Holy Spirit as a wind. If you've ever read that story in John chapter 3, he meets with this rabbi, and his name is Nicodemus, and he says to Nicodemus, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going, So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. But the first time that we see the Spirit of God is actually in the second verse of Scripture, period. In Genesis 1-2, it says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. It's mysterious, this spirit. This third part of the Trinity that has always existed, it is mysterious. So this wind, this wind, this spirit blows over the disciples. They're given the ability to speak in all of the languages represented at this festival and as they are speaking, huge chunks of this crowd go, are they drunk? What are they, what is that? What is happening? What are they babbling about? I don't understand them anymore. What, what is going on? They're all speculating. And that is until the apostle Peter, we, know, we all know Peter, right? Peter denied Jesus. Peter was restored to Jesus. Peter, we know Peter. Peter stands up, and he begins to speak. And he starts with, listen carefully to me. We are not drunk. It's 9 in the morning. He seriously says that. We're not drunk. It's 9. It's 9 a.m. That's not what we're doing here. (laughs) And then Peter begins, starting with the Old Testament, he begins to lay out for this crowd of thousands and thousands how this man, Jesus, is the fulfillment of everything that has been broken and everything that they have been waiting for. And as Peter speaks, God has provided a believing translator for every language and nation. On this day of Pentecost, through the Holy Spirit, that crowd filled with all different languages, and all different ethnicities, and all different personalities, and all different preferences, and all different socioeconomic classes, and all different occupations, all of these people are unified together in that moment by the message. Of the salvation of Jesus. Talk about a festival of the first harvest. Talk about leaving it to God to live, leave just a little bit of seeds, roughly 120, and multiply it by the thousands. That was a harvest that day, for sure. Now, after this festival, you know what happened? People went home. People went home, back to their cities and their nations very far away. And thousands of them were taking back to their families the name of Jesus. Thousands of them were going back to their homes and their jobs and saying, let me tell you what happened In Jerusalem, I got baptized. Let me tell you what that means. And they spread the word of God. They spread this word about a Messiah that had come to restore the world. The Lord gathered those people together that day. And then whoosh, he scattered. He scattered them once again into the world. But this time, they were unified in one message. The name that is above every name of Jesus Christ. The one that will reconcile all the things back to himself. Eventually. So here is the challenge to us. As believers in this message of Jesus Christ, our call, our mission is to unify rather than divide because of the name of Jesus. You know, just a few years after this, to cost that year. The Apostle Paul would come along. The Apostle Paul was still killing Christians at this point. He didn't even know what was coming. He had no idea. But then God smacks him down on the road and changes his life. And so, not literally smacks, blinds. Okay, so then you have Paul. And years later, he writes to this church in Galatia. And he says, you all remember, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female because we are all one in Christ Jesus. The world loves to divide us. It loves to divide us. We are not called to look like this world. The Holy Spirit that has been around from the beginning of the beginning of the beginning, that spirit within us, says we are to love the Jew and the Gentile and the Samaritan. Let me tell you, that covers all the bases. If you weren't a Jew, you were a Gentile. If you weren't a Jew or a Gentile, guess what? You were a Samaritan. There were no exceptions. Now, you may think, Yes, we are called to love, Danielle. Yes, I get it. We're called to love. Jesus even said, they will know that you are my disciples by my love, right? Yes, I'm trying to love, Danielle. But you know what? I'm just wondering, like, what does love, like, really love, like, unity, like, bringing unity, what does that love really look like? I mean, it's a very very slippery slope does that love look like that's meant to unify people together I mean because sometimes Danielle love is tough there is a thing as tough love Danielle and you have to take a stand and you have to stand for what is right hey I am I am all for standing for what is right I am and Paul is very clear He's very clear on what love is. Through the Holy Spirit, he wrote to the church in Corinth a very simple explanation of love. This is love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not envious. It does not boast. It is not prideful. It does not dishonor others. It is not self seeking. It's not easily angered. And it keeps no record of wrongs. And in fact, Paul goes on to say, he says, Love never fails. Love never fails. Indeed, love is a language that is spoken. In all languages. It is the language that breaks down all the other barriers. All the other divisions that we have. Our call is to reconcile. Our call is to restore. Our call is to break down walls that divide us. And if we claim Christianity, which means that we claim to be little Christ's, We're little Christs walking around, little pictures of what Jesus looks like. Then we can't deny this because Jesus came to break down barriers. And Jesus Christ came to smash towers of our pride. And Jesus came to reconcile the world to himself. The body of Christ, the church, is truly being the church. It is truly being the church that the Lord God intended it to be when we are drawing people to ourself out of love. So, what barriers do you need to break down for you? What walls have you put up? What prejudices or biases listen i got them you've got them we've got them we've got walls we live in the world (laughs) we have divisions in us so let's look for them inside of ourselves and see them and claim them and then try to fix them in ourselves What, where does love need to be added into your world, into your particular world? May we be unified when we gather here together or online every Sunday. May we be gathered together to be reminded that we are then going to be scattered with the same message, that unifying message of the Lord Jesus. Let's pray together.